This is The Guardian. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This week, Matt Hancock on I'm a Celebrity. This is a sheep vagina. What was he thinking? Oh. You should be at work. You broke lockdown. No, I did not. All right, I didn't break any. You were socialising someone outside of your household. It's a mistake because I've done in love with somebody. My aunt died from COVID in yeah. the first wave. That that's one of the reasons that I um, regret it as much as I do. You're listening to Pop Culture with me, Shantae Joseph for The Guardian. Pop culture and politics have truly aligned this week. Matt Hancock has accepted a reported £400,000 fee to appear on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And if it wasn't torture enough watching him fumble being health minister during COVID, we're now having to watch him eat all sorts of animal parts. Ugh. To some, this is a punishment of sorts and the public are getting their payback. It's nothing new to see politicians on reality TV. Think Ed Balls on Strictly, George Galloway on Big Brother and Penny Morden on Splash. But Matt Hancock had to resign after he was caught on CCTV having an affair with his advisor and more importantly, was embroiled in scandal after scandal as health secretary. So you have to wonder, what on earth is he doing on I'm a Celeb? Before we get into that, let's find out what it's really like going in the jungle. Hopefully good memories. Oh, you, you are joking. <laughs> you are joking. Stop when people it. say, did you enjoy it? I say, enjoy is not the word. It was an experience. <laughs> Newsreader Jan Leeming was a big character in Series 6 of the programme. Uh, I'd been approached twice before. Uh, I actually accepted, um, but I turned it down because I thought it was beneath my dignity. I was approached again in 2006, quite late actually, because normally they approach you in March. This was September, so I have a feeling somebody else had let them down and that's why I was approached late in the day. And this time, my son having said, go on mother, if they ever ask you again, do it. You'll have, you'll be first out and you'll have two weeks in a six star hotel. Just think about it. Thank you, Jonathan. I was in 17 days. So did they offer you lots of money then? Was it a, a number you couldn't turn down? Uh, um, I can assure you it was a fraction of the 
eye-watering amounts they're paying these days. There, there was a set fee for everybody. And uh, I mean, if you walked out, you didn't get it. But even if you were out first, you got the fee. But <laughs> I mean, you know, it helped towards my pension plot. But um, oh, gosh, no. I mean, I look now and literally my eyes water. Amazing, amazing fees. Do you remember the moment that you walked into the camp? What was that like? Yes, I, I do. I mean, it. it just looked like a clearing. I have to say, it's not a jungle. Australia doesn't have jungles. It's a rainforest. <laughs> and, and everybody, you know, and they say, oh, a jungle. Well, of course, there are no lions and tigers. I mean, the most ferocious animals in Australia are the men. <laughs> so, no, I walked into this clearing with these rather soggy camp beds. Camp beds usually are uh, a piece of canvas stretched but these had been used for several years. So when you got into them, you literally fell into the dip. They were most <laughs> uncomfortable. They were horrid. And it all looked very uh, primitive, which it was. Right. OK, so not quite a jungle, a rainforest, but, you know, still not extremely glamorous, not like the six star <laughs> hotel you stayed in before you got there. So being a part of the show and taking part in the activities, what would you say was the hardest thing you had to deal with? in the day-to-day -day living in, in the camp? Probably the humidity, the lack of washing facilities, the, the, the stress of not knowing what was coming next. I mean, I'm, I'm small and I'm a very tiny eater, so I wasn't suffering from hunger pangs like um, I know a lot of the men did. Um, um, David Guest lost two stone in weight. Jason Donovan oh lost a stone. Even I lost half a stone. Uh, I knew it was going to be tough. Um, but my first thought was, where's the loo? Because um, I have three kidneys. It's actually more common than people realise, but most people don't know they have. So wherever I go, it's where's the loo? I knew it would be a dunny, but my goodness, I tell you, it was much better than many public loos one has to go to. So I, I very cleverly paced it out. It was 40 steps from the edge of the camp to the dunny except I did it in the daytime. And at night, I did 40 steps, put up my arm, and I hit a bush. And I thought, oh, well, never mind. I knew there weren't any cameras there, so I'm afraid I am on the spot. Oh, Unlike no. Carol Thatcher, who, of course, uh, was caught next to the camp bed. Oh, um, no. But yeah, <laughs> looking back, it, it's funny, but at the time, it wasn't. You have to do what you have to do to survive. So shout out you, and for not getting caught by the cameras. You know what you're doing. <laughs> You had an eating challenge. Can you tell us how bad those really are? I was watching Matt Hancock eat fish eyes the other day and I was just mortified. I'm going to go for this one here. A fine choice. Get it down, you Matt. Come on. Slippery little suckers. They're tough. But you have had first-hand experience of doing this. What is that like? It was ghastly. I did six, six trials. I mean, they're going oh, on no. about Matt Hancock's six. I did six. It was only broken once by David Guest. And at the interview, because we had a long interview before the show, psychological testing, etc. And I was very careful not to tell them that I had a terrible, terrible fear of snakes. I said I was scared of heights. Well, they gave me that as well. But the Bush Tucker trial was 
it, it was horrid. And in fact, because they'd split us up into the girls and the boys, and I knew the boys were starving, I've never thrown anything in my life. But this time I thought, I'm not going to try particularly hard because the boys need the food better than we do. I remember there was a witchetty grub smoothie. There were live Ew. locusts. There were silkworms wriggling on the plate. And the Ooh. final plate was disgusting. It was, I'm just trying to remember, it was a kangaroo anus, penis, eyeball. Oh, uh, no. There, there were a couple of other things. And I just said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. Oh, my days. Like, honestly, do, do they even give you any, like, salt and pepper? Do you get a little bit of hot sauce? Do you just have to back it like that? Do you know what I mean? No seasonings at all. No, the food is absolutely dreadful. On one occasion when I've got many, many stars, what they lowered down, I'm not sure now if they still lower it down, but they lower it down in, in like a workman's hammock. And it was a kangaroo tail. If you're going to eat kangaroo tail, you need to cook it for about... 10 hours. Well, of course, we were all hungry. You get no condiments, no, but I saved, uh, what were they? They were the pips inside papaya and dried them out so they're like pepper. Oh, wow. I don't know what we used for salt, but I mean, it really is primitive and you've got this open fire. It's very difficult to either <laughs> just, just cook something and not burn it or undercook it. But that kangaroo tail was wicked. I mean, it really was wicked. Oh, I'm not quite sure what we did. I think we hacked off pieces and sort of toasted them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're really hungry. I didn't. But Christopher Biggins, whom I met some years later, said he could smell the bacon <laughs> from the uh, site. They have 500 people working on site. Wow. When you think we're on camera and on microphone, 20, 20, well, we're on camera 24 hours a day. They do switch the microphone off at night, but you're still on camera. And that all has to be edited and put out in within 24 hours. So, um, and there were no, ah, oh, yeah, but, you know, they took you around the corner for a steak, didn't they? No, what we got is what we won. And it was very primitive. And talk to me a bit about the friendships that came from being in the camp. Were the friendships genuine or was it because you, you had to survive and you had to get along to make it out? I suppose one could say that I wouldn't have chosen, you know, if somebody said you've got to go away, with, I wouldn't have chosen many of them. Toby was very nice. We 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 got along. Mylene Class was extremely kind and very nice to me. She used to plait my hair. And Melandra Burrows, who was flown in late, she was also quite sweet. But some of the others um, least said, soonest mended. Mm. And you were voted to do quite a few trials by the public, similar to what Matt Hancock is experiencing now. How did that make you feel? I didn't know whether the public disliked me and wanted to humiliate me or whether they liked me and thought I was good fun. Right. Like, yeah, right. that, that's fine, thing. but I can't we understand why the public are asking for me to do it. <laughs> They've got all new characters. You've got you blokes. I'm, I'm honestly amazed, really amazed. A, I would have thought two thirds of the audience don't know who I am. And perhaps the third who knew me when I re used to read news, I thought would have liked me. But 
maybe I got it all wrong. This season is particularly interesting because obviously Matt Hancock, the former health minister, is on the show. And I know you've said that you don't watch the show in general, but what were your thoughts on Matt Hancock going in and why do you think he's done it? It's not up to me to comment, although I, I, I do think a sitting MP should not be doing it. He has said he wants to promote um, the understanding of dyslexia. Now, the only thing it will do is give them profile. And of course, there will be a lot of money uh, because part of the phone calls go to the charity you say you want it to go to. And I'm quite sure he said dyslexia. Before you go in, you're asked which cha which charity. And I thought, well, sadly, they're not going to get very much, but chance Cancer Research UK, and they got £26,500 from the phone calls voting for me. So Matt will probably make a nice sum for dyslexia, right. but unless he dominates conversations in, in the rainforest, I, I can't see how he's going to promote it. I don't think that a sitting MP should be doing something like that. If he'd left Parliament, what he does is his business, right. but um, no. I don't think it's right. Yeah, I kind of had the same feelings about it as well. It just feels really weird, especially given, you know, how soon everything, well, how close we are to kind of the pandemic and all of the things that went down. It feels like, whoa, I can't believe you're here. Well, you, you know, there's an expression, a hide like a rhinoceros. And I think he must have a hide like a rhinoceros because I must admit, if people were saying all the things they're saying about me, I would, I would be crying into my pillow. I really would. And there's many things I do and don't do because because I can't take the flack that I know would accompany. But really, he must have realised what an outcry there would be. And the producers knew there would be so much publicity that that's why they chose him. And lastly, do you have any advice to the contestants there or future contestants for being on the show? <laughs> Think very carefully before you accept. And remember that there are cameras and microphones hidden everywhere. But yeah, be very, very careful. And even if you whisper, there are cameras in, in the grass, there are cameras everywhere. So anything and everything you say is noted. Wow. Well, I if I ever get approached, I will definitely be coming to consult you and I will take all of those things into consideration. You're very welcome. <laughs> Let's take a spicy minute and we'll be back talking to someone who has known Matt Hancock for 15 years. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, gang? Now we know what it's like to be on I'm a Celeb. Let's turn our attention to Matt Hancock. What does he gain from being on this show? Been pretty much dominated by Matt Hancock, hasn't it? Joe Tanner is a political strategist and has worked with conservative politicians, including Boris Johnson, and is a senior director at communications consultancy APCO Worldwide. It's always a bit of a gamble as to whether actually it just starts to wear people's patience a bit thin or whether actually it keeps people engaged or not. I'm, I'm still on the fence as to whether there's going to be a turning point. But when you first heard that Matt Hancock was going to be going into the jungle, what was your reaction? Gosh, it was a combination, really, of sort of shock and then, oh, actually, yeah, that's totally predictable. Mm. <laughs> I had I had a complete kind of, because Matt's been known to sort of do, if you take several steps back, he, he was the first politician to have an app. And it was all about using an app as a way to engage with his constituents. And he was kind of trying to push boundaries. Um, I mean, I've known Matt around and about politics for sort of several, several years. I'm probably talking maybe 15 or more. He's somebody that I've dealt with professionally for on several different occasions. So on the one hand, there was this kind of, oh, my goodness, that is such a controversial decision. And why on earth would you put yourself through it? Because it's gruesome and it's grim. And of course, you're going to get voted and, you know, everyone's going to want you to do all the tasks. But then at the same time, it was kind of that's so typical because it's if you look at the strategy, if you look at the idea of you want to get attention you want to get seen, you want to use a platform, it's an obvious one to use. So in some respects, it, it sort of felt slightly predictable. What does he gain from being on I'm a Celebrity? Do you think he's there to rehabilitate his image? Is he there because he wants to properly apologise? Like, what is kind of the strategy behind this move? Well, I mean, there's a point in politics where you, you sort of recognise that there's a ceiling as to how far you're going to get. He was involved as health secretary with all of the the rules that were set up around COVID. He was obviously responsible for the the response to COVID. And lots of that was unpopular anyway. A lot, there was, you know, there were a lot of people that didn't agree with the approach the government took. So there was already controversy anyway. But then you take it that step further with him breaking the rules, getting together with his advisor in such a way that was then outed so publicly. And of course, you know, people, he became a real hate figure. And so you can see that from his point of view, where he's struggled to break through with the new leaders that we've had over the summer and with with Liz and with, with Rishi now. And so you have to kind of say to yourself, well, what does he do now? Because if you're out of favor with your colleagues, then what are your options? And most will say, well, I've got to do something. The usual route is to pick a cause and to pick a theme and then to talk about it as campaign on it. But the bigger issue is how do you then have anything that makes you kind of, how does your, how does your stock go up? And he's obviously taken the view that this is a way to try and do this. But this is like betting your house on red or black, right? It, it's going to either really work for you or it's going to be a disaster. And there isn't much in between. So the fact that he even went in and has taken the time off when people feel that he should be representing his constituents because, you know, he's paid from the public purse. There is a controversy in that decision alone, let alone what you then do when you're in the jungle itself. So you see him being on this show as more of a, almost a career pivot. Like, how do I keep myself relevant still, as opposed to him trying to kind of make up for his like wrongdoings? I mean, it's a gamble because 
politicians are strange beasts, you know. I know loads of them and they're there's some really great people. They're really good people. There are some really hardworking people. There are some that are complete egomaniacs. And the problem is like in that sort of environment, you're stripped pretty bare. So while it's clearly an attempt to, yeah, I think to to improve his his value in some way, whether it works or not, the jury's out still. Yeah. It's mad because when I watch him on the show, he just seems sort of out of place. You like Ed Sheeran? I love him, yeah. I love Ed Sheeran. And I'm from Suffolk as well. Okay, lovely. Yeah. I love that um, dancer in the dark. You know him, you've worked with him. I can't tell if he is just awkward like that or if it's a bit of a performance. Politicians, right, are used to being elected in their constituencies. There is no constituency in the country where 100% of the people voted for them. And so you are constantly having to deal with people that you represent that you don't that don't actually like you, that might actually despise you simply because of the colour rosette that you wear. Just because you're a Tory or you're Labour, people in your area will just not like you for that. They don't never ever try and get to know you. So I think the awkwardness is is sort of a combo of lots of different things. There's probably a bit of maybe Matt is just feeling pretty awkward, but I also think there is a degree of you're sort of second guessing yourself as well. And you're with a bunch of people you really don't know that you're suddenly living with and you're having to tolerate everything about them, which, I mean, you know, that alone, let alone the snakes and everything else would put me off the idea. There was a moment in the camp where his fellow campmates took him to task for his rule breaking. If he really didn't know how people felt about him before, he definitely does now. I thought you broke lockdown rules. No, I did not. All right. I didn't break any... Uh, you were socialising someone outside of your household. Yeah, that, I didn't break any laws. I, guidance is different, but anyway, I don't want to go Oh, so there's that. a rule and there's a law. Guidance. The guidance is guidance. guidance. Right. But oh, the problem was it was my police, guidance. Actually, so do you think that's maybe a good thing for him and for his image to be seen, to be essentially taken, taken the beating for what he's done? I think he pretty much knew what he was letting himself in for. But I think there's a big difference between knowing that and actually experiencing it and being filmed while you're experiencing it. Because everybody's take on that is very different. And the hardest thing is when people bring up personal stories and personal experiences, which they were doing with Boris when when they did stuff in the House of Commons as well. People have done that to him directly over the, the party gate stuff. So it's not I don't think politicians aren't aren't immune on that. They're certainly used to people criticising them, often quite personally, but that was obviously pretty brutal. I mean, the people I really feel sorry for are his family. You know, he's got kids. He's got, he's got you know, he was married when all this happened. And, you know, they're living all through this again as well, which I think must be pretty tough. It was definitely the calmest I've been in a trial. I thought of my children. I thought of Gina. I thought of everybody I loved. I just tried to be calm. I mean, it's... It's awful for all politicians' families when, I mean, when, quite frankly, when they're, you know, the parent gets the job in the first place, the kids in particular, you know, everything they do is suddenly under scrutiny. Everyone's got an opinion. It changes straight away. But then when you get into media scrutiny and when you get into that kind of somebody, your parent or your ex-husband is on TV all the time and shows are talking about it and raking up the fact that he's in that position because he had an affair. You know, you're going over it all again. I mean, it's it's pretty bruising for people. Like, breakups are hard, full stop. But imagine having that so publicly done where you're, 
your sort of your husband at the time you know this is someone who becomes you know hate hated person number one you know the the sort of top of everyone's hit list I don't know how people cope with that. Whenever I've dealt with politicians with any form of scandal, and I've dealt with affairs and I've dealt with all sorts of problems that people have had, the first thing is kind of like, you know, do the kids know? Where are the kids going to be? Where's the where's the partner? Those people matter as well. They don't they don't sign up for this. They don't have a clue what it's going to involve. It's really interesting because I feel like, especially for him being on this show, it feels like there's this move for to towards politicians being more concerned with kind of how they look to the public than how well they're serving the public. And it, I don't know what it is about the kind of personality of politics that's really taken over, that's kind of made these politicians so much more image conscious. I think it's been developing for many years. I mean, David Cameron years ago had sort of cameras followed him and he did these almost like fly on the wall type things. He invited cameras into his house to talk with his wife and his family. Sardines with tomato and lemon whipped up in seconds. It's just that there's more places now where you're scrutinised because with social media, you know, anyone can be a publisher these days. You can see a, a politician can't have a bad day, right? You know, they're a target anywhere for someone to take a picture of and to publish it or to... Anyone can be a publisher and say, oh, I saw so-and-so getting upset or being rude or whatever. Now, you know, rightly so. They shouldn't be rude. They should they should be treating everyone well. But but the point is you can't get away with anything. You know, everyone can see you. And in the same way for, for celebrities, it's the same thing. You know, we've seen countless references to people, people being spotted, people's behaviour being scrutinised. And again, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I think it does mean that you can't leave your house and assume that you're not going to be pictured or you're not going to have everything you do scrutinised. So yeah, I think they are massively more image conscious than they've ever had to be. And it's interesting that for him, this extension of rehabilitating his image or even being more visible led him to this show. Because obviously on the show, people have said to him, you know, I've had relatives or loved ones pass away from COVID and you implemented all these rules and you didn't even follow them. And they are not only talking about their personal experiences, but they're also talking to the experiences of many people in the country who are also watching the show, who have suffered loss. Do you think that the producers of I'm a Celebrity have like massively misjudged the public mood by inviting him to be on this show, considering all of the pain that is still very present in people's lives? No, I don't think so. I think they've I think they've done it deliberately. I think they've gone for maximum impact. But remember, Matt Hancock could have chosen any number of programs. He could have gone on Strictly Come Dancing, you know, he could go on a cooking show, he could sit on this morning sofa. Like there's loads of things he could do. He's gone for probably the highest paid and the highest profile one in order to do this, thinking if you're going to do it, you know, go big or go home. And I guess he's thought, I'm taking a massive gamble. But also, whenever you watch the show, you you know that these things are discussed. You know that people get into some pretty heavy conversations. Like, after a while, they start to, they do look like they start to forget the cameras are there and they just start to interact. And, and lots of stuff comes out about people. And people that go in and you assume will be unpopular can often turn it around and suddenly you know, the public really get behind them. And there's always that risk with Matt that, you know, the public, a lot of the public might not like him, but the more sort of noises off and the comments and that sort of stuff can actually turn people and people can kind of say, well, hang on a minute, you know, he's he's doing all the trials, he's putting himself through everything. I'm not sure I hate him as much as I thought I did. And, 
you know, suddenly you warm to him and maybe that's what he's hoping is going to happen. Maybe he thinks that if he just gets his head down, people might soften and think he's not as easy to hate as people thought he was. You know, I think we should be wary of politicians using pop culture to transform their image and find some kind of redemption. Instead, I want to see the politicians who were in charge during the pandemic face proper scrutiny and accountability. And I don't think that's going to happen on a reality TV show, no matter how many times you vote for them to eat animal testicles. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you did, then please subscribe and leave me a review. This week's episode was produced by Hattie Moya, sound design by Mal Seto, original music by Axel Kakutier, and the executive producer is Maz Ebtaj. See you later, alligators. I'm joking. See you next Thursday. This is The Guardian. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And... Don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.